So, welcome to new episode of Success Film. And today, I'm so honored to have Natasha Sverdlov with me from Denmark. And Natasha is uh, a coach and a facilitator and a consultant in business and has been working in business for 20 years. And first, I would like to say that to our listeners that this podcast, it helps you to find psychological freedom in business. I'm so excited for our talk today and we will really dig into the personal power you have in business and really for leaders listen closely because Natasha, she has so many years of experience with leadership development. And uh, I think most of our listeners are Scandinavian and it's very relevant to the Scandinavian companies, how we work here. I know Natasha has uh, a lot to say about uh, this topic and maybe you can just start to say a little bit about yourself Natasha and how you have discovered um, a way of working in business that really makes great results. I'm curious to hear about that. Well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be part of your podcast series. And uh, as you mentioned, I've been self-employed uh, in business since 1996. So almost 23 years now. When I started, I was very much engaged in communication skills, negotiation skills, all these so-called soft skills in the in companies. And um, so I very quickly became this soft skill expert. Um, I had a background in NLP. I'm a psychotherapist. I've also studied uh, strategic innovation and knowledge management at Copenhagen Business School. And um, I have a systemic consultancy um, training as well. And so everything that I did was very much about tools, techniques, tips. And that went really well. I mean, I, was, I had a successful company and everything was going fine. I, I always felt like something was missing. I felt like there was something that I wasn't seeing. I got very interested in emotional intelligence uh, as, as a way of seeing what's beneath um, the surface level. But even that wasn't quite enough. So in 19, no, 2012, I um, was going to a seminar in England with a woman named Kimberly Hare called Brain Friendly Learning. Brain Friendly Learning. Yes. And um, I, I was looking at that. I thought, That's, that sounds fascinating. So I call up this woman and I say, uh, hi, you know, I'm interested in your seminar, but I, I already am a trainer. I'm doing all these things. I have an LP background. I have, I've studied with uh, Daniel Goleman, uh, emotional intelligence. I'm interested wow. in cognitive psychology. And can you, you know, can you teach me anything? And she said, no, I don't think I can. <laughs> and that kind of uh, surprised me, uh, surprised me. And I, and I, so that intrigued me also in, Nobody says that, right, in business. They're always trying to get you to come on their seminar. And um, then the week, two weeks after I'd been to her seminar, Michael Neal came to London and did a three-day coaching seminar. And, uh, and I came on to that. And I, I was so surprised and curious about how he was getting results because I couldn't see what techniques he was using. Yeah, and, and for those who don't, no, Michael Neal is a really huge trainer and online trainer in uh, living in LA. 
yes. and has great success in the business world and in personal coaching and yeah. Yes. Facilitating. Yeah. I, I didn't know about him at all. And the New York Times bestseller. <laughs> oh yeah. He's, yeah. he's very, well, yeah. very worth uh, checking out Google him, Michael Neal. Yeah. Um, so that started a journey for me that allowed me to see more and more that there's some hidden powers behind how we human beings work. Uh, they're only hidden because we haven't looked. It's not like they're secret or anything. They're, they're actually hidden in plain sight. We just tend not to look there. So I really engaged in this journey of um, looking at webinars and I went to seminars and I got personal coaching from different people to try and see what is it that what makes what creates these results that I could see all these people are, are getting, oh, right. but I couldn't see the techniques. Right. And and it was so different for me from anything I'd ever done. So I really I was I was like a, a Sherlock Holmes, really wanting to get dive in and get into to depth of what is that's going on. And what I started seeing quite quickly was that there are some some factors. There are some some. Um, uh, principles behind human performance okay. and motivation that I started seeing that if I can point business people towards their own potential hmm. in a much deeper way than anything I've ever done before, hmm. they are going to have more success and with more ease and with more joy. It's like there's no downside to this. The only thing that's that's been difficult for me is actually finding a language to speak about this because there isn't any techniques. And as soon as I walk into a business, which I do almost on a daily basis, they'll say, okay, so what three or seven or 20 steps do I need to take to get this? I, I want to find my own potential. I want to be more productive and, and uh, I want to take more ownership of my of my work. But how do I do that? And the word doing is actually what takes you away from being. So, um, and often when I start speaking about this on the surface level, people say, oh, this is just like mindfulness or what you're talking about is just like um, meditation or aren't you just talking about emotional intelligence? Mm. But I'm not. On the surface level, it might look that way. Mm. On a deeper level, I'm actually speaking about how your mind works. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a completely different conversation that we're having. Mm. And it has to do with seeing for yourself that who you are in essence is not your thinking or your role or your, um, uh, your beliefs about yourself. Everything that, that you think is your identity is just thoughts. It's not who you really are. And the more that you engage yourself in thinking, it's like you're keeping a whole layer uh, almost covering up who you really are, and then that doesn't come out. So your true potential lies in seeing your true nature. And once you see that, then there isn't any doing. Like people become friendlier at work. They become much more engaged. They think it's more fun. They take ownership, not because they have to, but because they want to. So all I have to do, my, my whole role these days as, as a trainer, I, I should be called a pointer because all I'm pointing towards is uh, our true nature and where all of our uh, potential um, and joy lies inside.
Wow. Yeah, this takes me to your course that, that you call personal power. Uh, and I'm also interested about this being accountable and taking ownership of the strategies in the business. Uh, and leaders really want their employees to, to work hard and in a good way mm. with their visions. And yes. can, can you tell me a bit, how, how do you, can you see the results sure. happening in people and guiding the leaders to what, what shall they do? Like when there are no techniques, yeah, <laughs> what exactly. do they do? So as I said before, it's, it really has to do with people starting to see how their essence, their true nature is, is, um, is much more effective, productive, engaged, taking ownership, uh, joyful, compassionate with other people when I'm not covering who I am with my thinking. So once people start seeing how their thinking gets in the way. So in my, in my view, thinking is really good for three things. Okay. One thing is that it's good for doing your job. I mean, the actual getting from here to there, you need to be able to think. If I'm going to have to cook a meal, I need to know how the stove works, groceries, what goes into the dish. I need thinking. Thinking is a beautiful, beautiful tool. So that's, that's great. Thinking is also really good for starting to look in this direction. In the beginning, when you start searching for your true potential, once people start seeing who they really are in essence, it's, it's really a, a recognition of something that's always been right in front of them. So when they see that, it's not that they have to do something to become more engaged or to become more uh, effective. Or to take ownership, even the word taking ownership sounds like I have to do something. Mm. When really it is something that I want to do automatically when I'm engaged. I was speaking to my 13-year-old niece the other day and she was saying, oh, I don't know what I want to do in school. I'm, I'm not very intelligent. I'm not very good at any subjects. Mm. And I said, well, what do you like to do? And she, and she told me and I said, so are you good at that? She said, yeah. I said, so have you noticed that when there's things that, that are interesting to you, then, that, then you actually spend the time reading about it, looking at it, uh, getting good at it. And she went, oh, yeah. So I said, and, and that's the way for everyone. You know, I, I'm not very interested in mathematics, so I didn't spend a lot of time in that in school. But there were other subjects like psychology that I was interested in. So I spent a lot of time on that. It's, it's natural. It's, it's, it's right in front of us. You know, so many people every single day spend time doing a job that they don't really care about. So finding your own, your, your, your true self is also finding your personal power. And your personal power lies in stepping into who you are and getting in touch with what, what you're in the world to create. So if you're in a job that doesn't motivate you or that you really think is boring... Do you suggest people do that? Well, uh, often when I start working with people in exactly that situation, one or two, one of two things will happen. Either they will, um, the thinking that they're having around, I'm doing like this because it's like it's covering, uh, they're, they're covering their, their, their thinking or, or their, their essence. But either they will see that they've been covering their motivation and their joy with their thinking, and when that disappears, then their engagement comes out. And then they're happy doing 
their job. So either that's going to happen or they're going to find the, the place inside where um, they get more in touch with what they really want to do with their life and then they change jobs. But it's one or the other it, and both things can happen and, and, and neither me or the person I work with know that from the beginning. Do you have some fascinating stories or something that has touched you more than others uh, when you have worked in, in business? Like some transformations you've discovered and witnessed? Oh, many. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 what, what first came to mind is actually the story of a, of a client that I started working with. And she had bought, um, uh, like, I think five sessions with me. And she said, on the first session, she, she says to me, I'm a project leader and all I want is some strategies. I'm, I'm good at my job, but there's some different, I have some difficulties and I just need strategies. That's all I want from these five sessions. And I said to her, I'm not going to give you that. Do you still want to work with me? And she got, she got curious. And I said, what if I could teach you something that's going to change every single aspect of your work life? without any strategies, would you be interested? And of course she said yes. But it actually took up until the fourth, third or fourth session before she started seeing it. It was, it was, not, it was not an easy transformation for her. But once she did, once she reached that tipping point and started seeing how she was getting in her own way, everything changed. Not only her work life that got much more productive and more fun, but her private life as well. So what happened to her? Like... If I came from the outside and like, what are you really talking about? What, mm. how, how do people come to a better place in their business world and personal lives? I think the biggest thing is really when people start seeing that they're getting in their own way. That if they didn't think so much about uh, and create stories about themselves and others, that they would just experience life as it is. And when I don't take up my own bandwidth with, with a lot of thinking and lots of stories, I have bandwidth that's, and then I'm able to be more effective. It makes sense to every single woman and man that I work with that if they spend a lot of time thinking about what will other people think about me? What will they say about me? Um, what if I don't do this well? Then what will happen? Why did that person speak to me in this way? that all of those stories, all of that inner chatter that's going on in their head, when they start seeing that that's taking up bandwidth, it's taking up their energy, and that if they, and when that, that's dropped and they're completely present in, in, the, in the now, which is the only place that exists, they're more effective, they're more compassionate with themselves and others, they don't spend time thinking about what other people might think about if I do one or the other thing but they just do whatever their own sense of common, their own common sense tells them. So that's one of the things that I speak a lot about uh, is wisdom in business and how wisdom is, is really our common sense. And when I'm not listening to all of the, I'm going to say voices in my head, it's not that we're schizophrenic, but, but we have all this inner dialogue, all this inner chatter going on constantly, that when we don't listen to that, but just let it be, that there's an inner voice that comes out and that leads us and guides us in a much more healthy and productive way. It's, we, we get to ideas that we've never seen before. So when I work in, in small teams and I help them see this for themselves, 
they start making solutions to problems that they've been struggling with sometimes for years and they can solve it in one afternoon because they, they drop the thinking, they drop all of their shoulds and have tos and who are we and what should we do and how should we do it. Once that's dropped, all that's left is this creative potential that lies within each and every one of us and they're able to make uh, come up with solutions that they'd never even seen coming. It almost sounds too good to be true, Natasha. <laughs> it does. And and uh, through the past six years that I've been working in this way, I've just seen it over and over again. And, and I'm still surprised. I'm still like, oh, my gosh, it happened again. And and with colleagues like my colleague Michael Neal, or my colleague uh, Dickon Bettinger, when, when I work with them, uh, and they've been doing this for longer, Dickon has been doing it for almost 30 years, mm. you know, when he tells stories, it's like, oh my gosh. But it's, it's really heartwarming and beautiful to see how people are able to live much fuller lives, much easier lives, both in, in companies and privately. Because once you see this, It's not just about becoming more efficient and taking more ownership in business, but you become a more compassionate mom, dad, daughter, son, um, friend. It's in every single area of life that this has influence. So it's, I can't think of anything better to do in my life than to point people in, in this direction. Wow, that's, that's really beautiful. And thank you for sharing. And I, I'm curious because I meet those leaders, quite a lot of leaders that are, in a lot of stress because, you know, a lot is on stake and uh, they have shareholders or investors or, you know, numbers they have to deliver and maybe a team that doesn't work optimal. Um, how would you start to make this leader see something new about himself or herself? that can help the business and personal? I often sit down, I was, I was reminded right now of an um, investment banker that I was working with. Very stressful job, senior strategist, um, you know, lots of money at stake every single day. That whole area of investment banking where so many people's money is at stake is, is, uh, is you know, a high stressful job, one would say. And um, and he'd gone to psychologists and he'd gone to, you know, seen different coaches. And uh, within the first 30 minutes, he said, oh, my gosh, uh, nobody's ever spoken to me this way before. And what I did was I pointed him towards how he was creating the stress inside of him, that the stress was not coming from the outside. It wasn't becoming because of the large money. It wasn't coming because of time. It wasn't coming because of, of uh, shareholders breathing down his neck. He was creating stress via his thinking. It was his thinking that was creating it. And once he started seeing that, and he didn't create that kind of stress anymore, he could simply do his job without the stress. So in the five sessions that I had with him, He, was, he, he became a completely different person. And, and again, he started telling me how at home even he was becoming a different person. He used to be very um, like a bully. Uh, there was problems at his work with him bullying other people. And, and that, that was why he was actually sent to me. It wasn't even a choice. He was, he was <laughs> said, uh, if, you don't, if you don't do this, I'm going to fire you. Wow. So, so, so that happens often that people will come to me in that sort of situation. But um, 
So what I said to him is like, if you, so let's, let's imagine that you're having a rubber ball in your hand, like a, like a training rubber ball. You probably know these and you squeeze it. Right. So imagine that, that you've been squeezing the rubber ball for a long time and it's hard. Your, your hand is almost cramping because you've been pushing yourself and pressuring yourself. So it's, you're holding on to the ball with everything that you've got. And now I say to you, like, and, and you say, I want to get rid of my stress. Now, what do I need to do to help you get rid of your stress? What is the only thing that I'm going to tell you? Let go of the ball. Mm. As soon as you let go of the ball, it's going to, you know, come back out into, into the full size. Your hand is going to relax. You're going to breathe. <laughs> and, and life is going to be easier. It's that simple. And it does sound too simple to be true. It's like, well, don't you know all the complexity? Oh, yeah, I do, because I've been working in this area for so long. Um, but I see that there's a much simpler truth to how we work as human beings. And once people start seeing that, it's a completely different ballgame. And he started seeing that. And he was different at work. He was different at home. Uh, the stress that he'd been feeling disappeared. And he still has his job today. Wow, that's amazing. It's very often people think they need the stress. That's what I mean. Like we need a certain amount of stress to do our jobs well. And for me, coming from the performance world, playing the violin professionally for 25 years, I know it's not true. <laughs> I can perform well under stress. It's absolutely possible, but I really get exhausted. Mm. It's exhausting and it affects too much of the general life around. Mm. <laughs> I know I can perform amazingly without stress, <laughs> yeah. without the feeling of stress. Yeah. Just being present in the moment. Yes. And it's so wonderful to have gotten there. And for me, I really enjoy everything I do more now. Without really doing anything <laughs> for it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've lived with stress for many years in my job because I thought that it was higher pressure. People pay me a lot of money each day and I had to perform. Like I, I, I always said to people, well, I can't have a bad day. You might be able to have a bad day at the office, but I can't because I'm standing in front of 20 or 500 people. I can't have a bad day. But that kind of pressure that I put on to myself by saying that was what was creating the stress. It wasn't standing in front of 500 people. So, um, so I know, I know in my own uh, experience and also for all the clients I've been working with over the past years, how starting to see how the mind works, how we can, uh, it's about letting go of who we think we are and getting more in touch with who we truly are that allows us to come in touch with this wisdom that's always been guiding us, that's always there to guide us in a more healthy and thriving way um, once we get out of our own way. And it, it's really a, a wonderful job that I'm very grateful every day that I get to, to do. Yeah, I often use the metaphor of trains. Um, yeah, can you tell me about that? <laughs> I, I often say that... Um, I remind people that, you know, scientists say that we have between 60 and 90,000 thoughts per day. And, um, and people always are kind of astonished about those numbers. Um, and then I say, so imagine that thinking is like uh, a train coming into your, um, like if, if your head was like a um, train station 
And now a train comes in and the train can be, oh my gosh, I have a deadline today, right? So that's the first train. Well, if you would let that go, you could probably get on with your job and start working. But what people do is they put on another piece of the train onto the first part, which is, what if I can't do it? And then they put on a third part of the train that's like, oh my gosh, uh, what are, what's my boss going to say? And then the fourth train is, uh, will I lose my job? And the fifth train is, can I, can, I, can I stay in my house if I don't have a job? And what's the children going to say? And, and so on and so on. And, and before you know it, there's like 20 big heavy trains behind that first train. And of course, once I have all these trains and they're heavy and, and dark usually, um, then it takes up my band uh, width. It takes up my ability to be really efficient in the moment and actually get to my deadline. And that story, people just relate to it immediately because they can see that that's what they're doing constantly. Mm-hmm. That one thought comes into the head, which is innocent. It's just, it's a thought. Like, I have a deadline today. Well, fine. Let me get on with it. But that's not what we do. We start creating all this thinking around the first thought and that takes our bandwidth. So when people see that, and they usually do quite quickly, they go, oh my gosh, I see that. And when they stop doing that, then the first thought that comes in that goes, I have a deadline today. Great, let's get on with it. And that's how we become more efficient. And that's how the, the joy of actually getting to it uh, can, come, can be fun. And that's also why I was saying that, that the thinking is, is really valuable uh, for three different reasons. The first one is that we think about our job. How do I do it? Who do I contact? You know, what needs to be done? Great. Thinking is a wonderful tool. The second one is it's, thinking is also good at trying to discover how the mind works at first. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a way in uh, that later gets uh, replaced by uh, a knowing of, of who we are, but that's, uh, that comes later usually. And, uh, and then the third thing is it's all, thought is also great just for celebrating life. I like when I have to go visit some people, uh, friends in Denmark or abroad, thought is really great of getting plane tickets or finding out when I can plan it and all these things. So, so thinking in itself is a beautiful, beautiful tool, but we misunderstand the power of it. We misunderstand it in a way that makes us sometimes use it in a way that's not useful, using it for worry about either the future or the past. None of them exist. There is only this present moment. So the more we can be present in this moment, the more efficient we are. Wow. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I know <laughs> Norwegian businesses very often have some kind of connection to Denmark and to Danish companies and they have, they have corporations. And, and I'm sorry to say this, but sometimes I hear that, oh, it's so difficult to work with the Danes. They're, they're so difficult business people. I don't really know how, how to get through or how to do it. And they're cynical and hard. Do you, is this something that you know? Or is it, I don't Do you have some suggestions for Norwegian businesses how to deal with Danish companies? Is there some generality here? Well, you know, I, uh, you should hear what we say about the Norwegians. But Yeah, but I'm curious to know that. Yeah. What do they say? <laughs> You know, um, I think it's true for every single country that they will t- talk about other countries or other cultures uh, in a way that's not always positive. 
But the truth is that when you look at the surface level, we look different, right? We have different tones of skin. We have different ways of speaking. We have different values. If you look at the surface level, we look really different. When I start pointing people towards what is true for every single human being, which is how the mind works, who we are at essence, that's the same, then the, the differences fall away. If I come and to work with you in, in Norway and I start seeing your essence and you see my essence, we're compassionate with each other, we'll want to work together, we'll want to have success with whatever venture we go into together. It's, it's really about peeling away the, the surface level, um, which is only created from thought anyway. It's not real, it's just created from, from our thinking. So once we, we, we look beyond the, the surface level to the, to the deep level, we're all the same. We want the same things. I can't find a single person in the world who doesn't want to be happy, who doesn't want to have peace in their life, who doesn't want to thrive, who doesn't want to be connected to other people. This is general. This is every single man, woman, and child in the world wants the same thing. So when I point people towards what we all want instead of how we're different, it's much easier. Yeah, and you've probably seen this because I know you have been working with different cultures. Many different, different cultures. cultures. So. Um, I, 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 I almost had, I mean, I think I've worked with pretty much every single culture on the planet, uh, either because I travel uh, around the world and teach, but also because a lot of people, a lot of people work in Denmark uh, from different countries, China and Japan and uh, yeah, yeah, lots of different places. Yeah, and you can see it. What you teach now help, really helps companies oh, to thrive. So much. When people, yeah. when people start seeing how we're the same, mm. I mean, imagine the consequences of that worldwide. There's so much focus on, on how we're different. What if we start seeing what, how we're the same and how we want the same things? Can you imagine a world like that? I, 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 I won't meet a business people person saying, well, I don't want peace or love. <laughs> It's, it's uh, yeah. everything that they do is to, to have more peace in their life, you know, whether they know it or not. Even in a competitive world. Oh, yes. Mm. And I promise you, you become, your competitive edge gets much increased when you start dropping all of the unnecessary thinking mm. and start just having the thinking that is necessary. Exactly. It's that. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> that was really a fantastic ending. <laughs>